0: What is up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Welcome back into the Empire State of Sports. I'm Jackson Agello. Hey, I'm Biko Scala. Happy National Bunsen burner day, Biko. Another big holiday today on the 31st. Thank you for wishing me that.
1: That's very important to me and my family. My dad being a chemistry teacher, he celebrates this every year, March 31st. We never miss it on the calendar. So uh, uh, thank you for taking an
0: interest in that, Jackson. Well, and the importance of that, Biko, is, hey, we're inside. You can still do that safely. Oh yeah, Bunsen burner. It's, Bunsen burners
1: are hot on the market right now because you want to burn something and you're inside. It's a big science experiment time right now, I'd say, with the quarantine going on. So be careful with your Bunsen burners.
0: Well, and be careful with the news going around all around New York. Let's get into our New York Minute. Here's what you need to know today. First up, what does the Olympic postponement mean for NBA players and USA Basketball? And we're talking about the worst year in New York sports. Is it 2020? Hopefully not. (laughs) And the most adorably terrible players in sports. All that and more coming at you. Let's jump right into it. It's the Empire State of Sports. First story up on the docket today, Biko. James Dolan has contracted COVID-19. I, sound, I feel like I just sound more official whenever you say COVID-19. I feel like that's the type of thing, saying COVID-19 versus saying Corona seems like the same type of thing of the person who answers I'm doing good versus I'm doing well when you ask them something during the day, like the classic how's your day going. I feel like that's the same vein.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. COVID-19 is is like the black tie coronavirus. I've been putting COVID-19 in all my work emails that address it, you know? You can't just be throwing around corona this, corona that. It's like, uh, it's a little too laissez-faire.
0: Of course, yeah, you got to keep it serious. And obviously this is a very professional uh, and world-class podcast. So we have to keep things in check with that. We have to keep things, you know, in the same vein.
1: Definitely. We're buttoned up here at the Empire State of Sports. And with, I mean, it's it's the same thing like we talked about last week when we've got KD and more guys in New York, you know, all these uh, high-powered people coming down with coronavirus. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I, I mean, saw some rancid comments under the James Dolan coronavirus tweet, which you're going to see with uh, an owner that is... Much maligned in New York, uh, I think well, we that, can all... that was
0: also a very professional and measured way of saying that. Also, I'll give you credit for that.
1: Thank you. Much maligned, you know, he, he's not everybody's favorite character. He's not everyone's favorite sports owner. I mean, I think we can say that.
0: I think that's a great, more, uh, or rather, less colloquial way of saying people think he's a jerk. <laughs> I mean, like, that's pretty much pretty much what that is.
1: Yeah, especially with sports fans, but even with figures in general, I think he's really close to the top of the list of most hated guys in New York. Just, you know, it's tough. He's done, and not to get into a whole James Dolan thing here, he's done a decent job with the Rangers in basically saying, uh, I don't really know much about hockey and taking his hands off the wheel. But, obviously, the New York Knicks, uh, it's been a pretty bad 20 or so years. Yeah. So uh I mean you're going to get that Twitter is a crazy place. You got people uh you know a lot of people celebrating in the comments under that. It's obviously a very serious thing and and I saw that he's gotten pretty minor symptoms at least as of now. So, you know, he is a human being. Hopefully, oh, he's okay. We don't we're not we're not a death threat podcast here. We're not we're not celebrating
0: coronavirus on uh, our uh, owners. Of course, there, there is nobody out there who I would celebrate uh, contracting this virus, so you don't wish that upon anybody, even even your enemy. You want everybody to be healthy, and even no matter your opinions or even my own opinions about how James Dolan manages his franchise, you don't want to put any anyone through the ringer of what this disease can do or what it could do to his you know, family as well. You got to factor that in too. So obviously, all you know, any jokes aside about the the situation or manner in which anything happened, obviously, obviously, you you don't. It's not you don't joke about him getting the disease. You can. They can make their jokes about how he handles the franchise, but you don't, you avoid the him getting the Ds. It, it, it was not necessarily a great look for him, rather that he had opted not to get a lot of the Knicks tested, and then literally seemingly a couple days later, or a week or so later, the, this news comes out. Obviously not the best optics for him in what has been probably the, uh, about two years or so, of pretty bad optics, but you know what? In all honesty, James Dolan is very hated, obviously, especially at this juncture. But as soon as the Knicks start winning, it'll all go away. <laughs> like, like, literally no one will care.
1: Yep, this is true, but you're, you're, you're missing a big thing here, as you say, as soon as the Knicks start winning. And since 2001... Um, I'm like 99% sure on my stat here, little uh, Empire State of Sports statistic department coming in check. I'm pretty sure no team has won less playoff games than the New York Knicks since they uh, got rid of Jeff Van Gundy. So, you know, it's been a really rough 20 years, and sure, there was a little mellow fun for a year or two in the middle, and Amari Stoudemire on his hobbled-up knees was kind of cool for a little while, but... uh It's been pretty dark times in the Mecca.
0: Big, I have a question for you, all right? What do you think? Now, I know this will sound a little crazy, but hear me out through it, right? George Steinbrenner, the boss, obviously one of the most famed and recognizable owners in the history of sports. I think that's pretty safe to say. I don't think I'm jumping, uh, jumping to any conclusions with that. But let's say he never won a World Series with the Yankees. Would he have kind of been hated and kind of recognized in a similar vein to James Dolan?
1: Oh, he would have been hated more than James Dolan. I mean, sure, the there's the New York Knicks, are you know, one of the premier teams in New York. The New York Yankees are the premier team in New York. And James Dolan, for all his missteps and, you know, little blow-ups on on Charles Oakley and, and this and that, and Spike Lee having a little tiff with him. George Steinbrenner was really off his rocker. I mean, he w- he was exploding on stars left and right with Billy My- Martin and Reggie Jackson. I mean, yeah, if
0: he doesn't win, it is, he is way worse than James Dolan. Like, I think that if you had put George Steinbrenner, like, let's say he never won, right? And let's say a Charles Oakley figure, right, was... Doing a, doing a similar thing. Obviously, in that instance, it was Charles a bit on both parties, obviously. But sure. But then booting him out was really the really petty move. I think it would have been James Dolan or it would have been George Steinbrenner down there, like, fighting Charles Oakley. They just would have had it out. It wouldn't have been some petty, like, oh, I don't like you. I'm going to kick you out with my security guys. If George Steinbrenner didn't want him there and had some petty thing, he would have come down and, like, face-to-face, they would have, like, hashed it out. And by hash it out, I mean it, they might have fist fought.
1: Yeah, I think it would have been a little Donnie Brook. That's that is. I mean, George Steinbrenner got four world championships, um, I, or five, I guess he was. I can't remember if he was around for two thousand nine or not. I'm not sure when he passed away. Um, but yeah, you <laughs> you subtract those championships, and he is the most hated owner. I want to say in the history of New York sports, maybe in all of sports. Cause I mean, his antics were really tough to handle for a lot of great players and great coaches around the team. And you had a lot of executives, likewise, like George stick, Michael, who, who said, you know, he could talk with George and George trusted him, So, so they could work together, but you can only work with George so much until it wears you down. I feel it's, kind of similar in a different respect to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick where they just spent 20 years together and Brady's like okay they're not going to give me the money it's time for me to go to the literally anti-Bill Belichick and hang out with Bruce Arians for for a year or two you know it's it he is such a strong personality if the winning didn't come with his reign he would be looked down at looked down on as maybe the worst owner in, in the history of sports
0: because one thing I, I I've been thinking about lately is if we look ahead ten years, and the Knicks somehow manage to claw their way back into relevancy, they hit on their next two or three draft picks and really wow. build a core. <laughs> Again, these are I'm not saying like these are going wow, to happen. I'm is not a, saying this is a dream. I'm not saying this is what I think will happen. I'm not saying this is what is going to happen. This is yeah, a very we're in a small hypothetical world. But yeah. we're yeah, we're we're in hypothetical magical my own headland for a minute here. If we fast forward 10 years and the Knicks have two rings, right? Which is plausible if they were to have like a dynasty. If we're in this magical land, you can hand the Knicks two titles here. Okay. What is James Dolan's legacy? Let's say he retires 10 years from now or sells the team in 10 years. Or at least is no longer the, the main owner. It's passed off to a family member or somebody else. And he has won two titles. How different is his legacy compared to now? Because obviously right now it's pretty much as, as bad as it's going to get.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's a million percent better. I mean, you bring winning to the Mecca, to MSG in New York, and, and the starved New York Knicks fans, um, me as chief among them. Yeah, it's a... 100% different. He won't be worshipped because I don't think New York Knicks fans and I can say this coming from myself will forget the last 20 years and how terrible life has been and how sad basketball season is but yeah you bring even one ring Jackson you give you give the Knicks a championship and it's not all is forgiven but a complete 180 on on how he'll be remembered.
0: Well, especially when you think about that next generation and what they'll remember. Cause That's true. It. That's true. For for us at our generation, you know, we're two relatively younger people, right? Born in the late '90s, so what do we remember? We remember winning for the Yankees, no doubt. <laughs> Before that, like you know, our our parents, there had been about fifteen years of drought.
1: Yeah, the '80s weren't great.
0: Yeah, the '80s were. I mean, obviously. People forget that if there was a wild card, the Yankees oftentimes would have been that team and would have had a lot more chances during that time frame. But still, in that era, n- nothing.
1: Yeah, no championship. Throw the World
0: Series. Yeah, before even just a trip to, mind you, even like winning. Right. So that next next generation would we'll just remember. Oh, James Dolan, that leader.
1: It's hilarious just, just to from, think about. Just food
0: for <laughs> thought. Just for We What well, an we upside from, down world that'll be. We we both wish James obviously a uh, speed recovery and all health with the coronavirus and one person during this quarantine who's looking very healthy, and I mean that in the least creepy way possible, but I think there's no way to not sound a little gawking at this is Araldus Chapman in a Instagram the other day looked absolutely ginormous. Yoked. Yoked might even be underselling it.
1: Yeah, those, I saw it on Twitter, Uh, someone, the first time I saw it was someone comparing him to Spongebob, when Spongebob had those fake inflatable arms that were, that were enormous, and that's literally what it looks like. Bro,
0: I think that his arms, if, next time he's a free agent, if his arm is for sale, I think it will be registered by PETA as illegal, because that is trading a python. That is a massive noodle.
1: Yeah, yes, I just pulled it back up right now I mean, it is unreal And and at a table with three other friends Who look like they're in pretty solid shape And like, ah, what is going on there? I mean, I never really n- noticed him being close to this big He's always been the long, lanky Just use that whipping rotation to, to pump a, his cool 106, you know I haven't I never really noticed this bicep over here on the left side That's for sure
0: One thing, though, I will say, right, and if you want to look at it, you can find Aralis Chapman. He's underscore the Cuban Missile 54, which is one of the most epped Instagram names of them all. One thing I will say about baseball players in general is their level of jackedness. And we're going to we're just going to go with that as a word for now. Yeah,
1: that that plays
0: is oftentimes more understated and underrated than like any other sport.
1: Because yeah, I, think I you can't. I completely see it. agree. It, yeah, it's I so masked
0: because like they all kind of look like just the way jerseys are made. They all kind of look like they're swimming in it a little. Like even Araldus, who looks that jacked, will have a jersey that has like room in his arm. Meanwhile, you look at the NFL and they're just you know they're cut off just below the shoulder usually. So you see the full bicep, the full arm. Baseball isn't like that. You yeah, the first get- you don't get that view.
1: I clearly remember the first time I really noticed that whoa, as I dropped my phone. Uh, it was Hideki Matsui, probably around like 2003 to 2005 or so. Uh, he was one of my favorite players, if not my favorite, on those Yankee teams. And I saw him in a post game interview once, and I was like, oh my gosh, like his forearms and biceps were five times larger than I thought. And, like, it's obvious with guys like Jason Giambi and Mark McGuire and Canseco. And, like, you can you can see the meatheads, but it's the guys who are, you know, like an easy 200 to 240 pounds that are just absolutely ripped. And they're bulky,
0: but it, you can't tell because of the uniform. It's sneaky. Sneaky sport. And Luis Severino is one of the guys for me who I noticed that with even, uh, I think it was about two years ago, I was at one of, his, one of the games where he was starting and he was jogging before the game. In the outfield, without the jersey on, just a you know Yankees T-shirt, on, and he was massive. Like his chest was so ginormous, and his shoulders were so broad. He looked like his upper body from the torso up was a Doritos chip. <laughs> like that was his body shape. I was like, wow. I thought he was kind of like a lanky guy who you know kind of whipped it, as you mentioned. You thought about Errolis Chapman. That's kind of how I felt about Sevi, just his motions very fluid. I kind of felt like he was just kind of a lanky guy, and then boom. I feel like everybody kind of assumes all these pitchers are Chris Saley. Right. You know, lanky guy. He is for sure lanky. We're not, he's not masking anything under there. He is just lanky. Yeah. But that's like, who he is. No doubt. There are a lot of these guys, you can't really tell the difference. You can't see the, the bicep up there and there, these guys are ginormous.
1: Completely agree. I think the moral of the moral of the story is professional athletes are freaks of nature and they're so much bigger and stronger and faster when you see them in person than when you watch them on TV in general, it's
0: like an incredible sight. And one amazing thing these athletes can do is save each other's lives. Which I was a- just thinking the same thing. <laughs> which, which apparently LeBron did to Carmelo Anthony on the, the famed banana boat.
1: Yeah, this this was an amazing story that, you know, we've all seen the pictures and we've talked about it for years, getting the banana boat crew back together. Uh, Melo, D. Wade, LeBron, and uh, Chris Paul and it turns out that on this glorious vacation Mello had a near death experience where he was getting sucked out to sea and he was looking around and thought it was the end for him and then out of nowhere he said in his quote LeBron jumped off the banana boat like in a MacGyver st- type uh, fashion and just literally hopped in swimming with one arm and pulling him with the other and dragged him back to safety.
0: What do you think about this right? The Banana Boat crew probably, in all likelihood, won't ever fully be united as a basketball team. I don't think so. I, I don't think that's totally going to happen. There's an offhand chance if Mellow sticks around long enough. And D-Wade all, comes
1: back. <laughs> and D-Wade would
0: have to come back that, like, they could join on, like, a... A team kind of like MJ coming back to the Wizards type of thing. Yeah, like, get Bronny you know, Jr. on the team. They're just all coming for some fun type of thing. Right. But I would put it at like a 1% chance. Very, yeah, very maybe soon. less. <laughs> but a better way is they create a TV series called The Banana Boat. Plain and simple, in. just that. I'm Baywatch concept, but it's just The Banana Boat. And, so they're, like, and they're, yeah. they're just on vacation saving lives. Wow, we got to get this to LeBron. I think LeBron and his production team should work on this. I I think that uh I think Mello would be an underrated character in that too. I think he has a lot more humor to bring to the table than than is let on.
1: Yeah, but there's a lot of sneaky, really funny Mello moments from interviews and uh and this and that in the past and I've delved way deeper into them than most as a Mello lover, as a guy who worships Mello. Um but yeah, they, he's he's got some funny stuff. He's a he's he's kind of a character.
0: I think that show would get ratings. I don't know what network it's built for, but I I, I would watch.
1: Yeah, maybe TNT. Throw it on. Yeah, I don't uh,
0: I don't want it on major broadcast television yeah. I want them to have a little more freedom. I want them to have a little yep. more creative freedom, be able to really explore the space.
1: I completely agree. It could be a spike. Um, I think you keep it away from like MTV. Yeah, there's a, there's. The world is their oyster as as LeBron's out in LA and he's got the production company and everything going. Maybe you maybe you bang out Space Jam two and then you throw this right on the right on the front burner after that.
0: Alright, Biko. So twenty twenty has been pretty much an awful year in sports. But my question <laughs> is so far. Is it the worst year ever in New York sports?
1: Yeah, so when you asked me that last week uh, off the cuff, I was, you know, obviously we're three months in. um, Literally, we're at the end of the third month. So we're jumping the gun a little bit, but also...
0: We're a little premature, but you know what? Corona jumped the gun too.
1: Exactly. We've had almost a full month now of no sports at all. And that's not good for sports. If you're talking about the worst year for sports and there isn't any sports that's definitely uh that's a bad mark right right there off the bat
0: like you could have called this college basketball season like somewhat disappointing as far as how many great teams there were because there really weren't that many that would have and again that probably would have made March Madness more fun but we didn't get that but you know what's worse than a mediocre college basketball season no no college yeah. basketball You're right. nothing nothing <laughs> So, I mean, 2020 is off to a historically bad start. Uh,
1: especially for sports as a whole. You know, losing March Madness and the Masters at the start of the year is, that's a one-two punch right there. That's an uppercut and, and a follow with a, with a left-hand jab, and both of them connected.
0: Oh, and and add in a third one. It's a combo play, and they're boxing below the belt. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, all, this isn't clean. This is dirty. No rules. No rules at dirty. all. This is Full anarchy. Yes. This This is I will break you. Yeah. This, this uh, is Rocky Four.
1: <laughs> oh, that's not what you want. It's not what you want. <laughs> it's been, yeah, it's devastating. I mean, we talked about this on the first pod. It's not as terrible when it comes to, like, March Madness for New York teams in particular, just because Syracuse and St. John's. Would have both had to work some magic at the ACC and Big East tournaments to Although Louisville even sneak in. They upset were watch. they were on the hot seat. Syracuse was hot coming into that. Uh, cool thrown Jim Beheim and Buddy Beheim uh, going into Greensboro. That was that was that was gonna be a problem that night. But you know, we'll never know. We'll never know. I facts I'm gonna. I'm going to assume that Syracuse was was probably going to roll through Louisville after that, like, 35-point drubbing in the KFC Yum Center a week or two before that. Um, That was uh, was a revenge game coming up. But anyway, um, yeah, not as devastating March Madness-wise, but you've got, when I look at hockey in particular, uh, the Rangers and the Islanders were separated by a point each, and the Islanders were one point behind the Blue Jackets for the wild card spot. Obviously, that means the Rangers were two back. That was a very, very exciting end to this season for hockey, and for hockey in New York even more so. Um, and uh, you know who knows what's going to happen with that now. That that's a devastating blow. That's a tough one to handle. All
0: right. So as we've mentioned, it, it's it is only three months into this year of twenty twenty, and. Things can recover. Earlier we talked about how James Dolan's legacy could be very different in 10 years. Will it be? Well, I don't know. But it could. So, let's look at how this year compares currently to some of the worst years we've seen in New York sports. And what needs to happen to really recover.
1: Yeah, just a laundry list. I mean, we mentioned the Rangers and Islanders. They're postponed. The Sabres stink. So that's not good for New York sports. The Jets and Giants, even though technically their season's ended on December 29th, I'm going to count them in this, too, because they would have been playing in January if they could make the playoffs. So right there, that's a pretty good trifecta of bad things happening. The Knicks are 21-45 and 45 before their season got stopped. The Nets were going to sneak into the playoffs probably in the eight or 7 or 8 seed, but nothing was going to happen. If the, if the Knicks
0: didn't resume, would anyone notice?
1: Not at all. I mean... Besides missing a Mitchell Robinson alley-oop and mean block on a, on a nightly basis, that's really all that's going on there, and you know, it's kind of fun to watch R.J. Barrett and uh, and the boys, but not very fun. It's a little fun when they do good, and that's kind of rare. So yeah, not a huge loss on the Knicks side, and then you've got, you don't know what's happening with the Yankees and Mets. The Yankees were co-World Series favorites with the Dodgers, currently are still, but Who knows when that's going to pick up. And the Mets were really, that's a very exciting team too. So the the loss of all that combined with what we already had going into 2020 was really weak, basically, except for some great hockey and coming into baseball season. That is, uh, that's a devastating start to the year.
0: And as far as recovery goes, I'm trying to think of what would need to happen. I think, I mean, the Yankees are, it's not so much of a, Yankees make the playoffs and, oh, things would be fine. Because, no, it's, the Yankees are well more than expected to make the playoffs. Expected yeah, it's to be World, World Series, Series or bust. It really is. So i say if the Yankees don't, do you think the Yankees have to win the World Series to recover this year? For, for New York, York sports would in that, general? Would that get it out of the woodshed as the worst year?
1: Certainly. Certainly for me as a Yankees
0: fan. <laughs> but, like, let's say they lose in the World Series
1: and it depends how they lose cuz in thinking about the worst years in New York sports in the past i i kind of factored in some devastating losses along with you know New York sports especially in the past you know 20 years we'll say has in general really bad teams so when a team does get to the finals of whatever sport they're in like the rangers did in 2014 which was a really, really bad year for New York sports, but they lose in five games to the Kings, three of them overtime, two of them were double overtime in those losses. Like, that computes. So if the Yankees had made the World Series this year and then they blow a huge Game 7 lead and Aroldis Chapman gives up a walk-off home run in Dodger Stadium to Mookie Betts, it might be the worst year in New York sports ever. But, you know... If they uh if they make it to the World Series and have a good fight and just go down you know on some tough breaks here or that it's uh that's a little better for me you know it depends how heartbreaking that defeat would be
0: I think the I I agree with that to a point I I think that if the Yankees are in the World Series it definitely improves your optics of this year because you know ho- hockey ho- hopefully returns. At some point, I think the expectation at the moment is that it will. The NBA returning really doesn't do much for New York sports. I mean, if, we, if we're being honest about it, the Knicks not making the playoffs, the Nets will lose in round one. Um, unless, yeah. unless it I'm comes far enough so. into the summer where for some reason they just decide, all right, hey, it's July and we're just starting basketball again. Why don't we give KD and Kyrie a go? It's been a while. They're healthy again. Yeah. Like,. <laughs> I'll give that again, that's another one percent chancer out there. I'm giving a lot of one percent chancers, so if you get like, you know, some good solid odds out there, like ten thousand to one odds on one of these, maybe maybe throw down a dollar. Yeah, as
1: yeah, as Kevin from the office says, you get ten thousand to one odds, you never
0: say no to that. Exactly. That's what you have to do. If you get those odds, you take them. Every time. I literally watched that episode yesterday. That's what made me think.
1: Wow, that's really funny. Um, On track, and then also you could have football season come back, and the Giants and Jets don't have immense expectations, but they should both be competitive, especially with Brady out of the AFC East now. Um, There's a few outlets for this year to be turned around. It certainly shouldn't be doom and gloom completely right now. Um, For me, it's tough because New York has had a lot of bad years in the past. As I mentioned, 2014 with the Rangers, heartbreaking loss to the Kings. Um, What else was happening in New York sports at that time? The Yankees and Mets both missed the playoffs. Uh, The Nets snuck in, but then got beat by the Heat in the second round. The Knicks missed the playoffs by one game. They won their last four games of the season, and the Hawks, unfortunately, won their last four out of five, so that was pretty heartbreaking. Giants, Jets, Bills, all stunk. Islanders, Sabres, stunk. So, 2014, that was that was trash, and maybe my number one worst year in New York sports, which is crazy, but it also kind of makes sense because the last decade of New York sports was trash. It was it was pretty bad. Um, a couple more honorable mentions. I've got 1957, the Dodgers leave for LA. Tough pill to swallow. The next year, the Giants leave for San Francisco. Um, one for, for the Cuse boys and girls here, 1963, the Syracuse Nationals, who had been in the NBA since 1946, they become the Philadelphia 76ers. That was a tough hit for Central New York. I don't know if, I don't know if 2020 is going to be as bad as losing the Syracuse Nationals.
0: No, that's, that's a big loss, what becomes the 76ers. That's a, that's a tough L, for sure. That's, that's losing out. Uh, hey, Syracuse still does have the first original shot clock, though. Don't, don't let that get slept on.
1: That is very true. You cannot forget that. And then uh, along with 2014, 2004-2005, there's no NHL because of the lockout. So that's a full season that's already lost. That's kind of comparable to what's happening right now. Uh, Mets stunk. Nets once again snuck into the playoffs. This time got swept by the heat. Knicks stunk. Giants stunk. Jets went 10-6, and snuck into the playoffs, got knocked out on a... Buzzer beater uh, Jeff Reed field goal from the Steelers. Bills, 9-7, and miss the playoffs. Patriots win Super Bowl, which is just always bad for New York, you know? So uh, right now, I think my power ranking is... Uh, I'm kind of torn. I, I think 2014 is worse. 2014-15 is worse than 2004-2005. Um, especially because at the tail end of 2004, you also have the curse of the Bambino finally killed and the Red Sox complete the only... Three nothing comeback in sports history. So, uh, those are those are the contenders so far. Twenty twenty, prove it that you can be worse than those. You know, it's been a terrible start, but uh, you know, not giving out any medals yet. Yeah, I don't
0: think we're out of the woods yet on this being the worst season. I think there's a, a good chance. I would say it's more likely than not that this is this winds up not being the worst year in the history of sports. Because yeah, I think the comebacks and, are going to be when sports do come back, and that's again if the whole thing, this whole situation is fluid. And we don't know when things are coming back, but let's say NBA, NHL, baseball, all starting around July, we still got great chances for some for some fun because the, those yeah, first little, couple nights yeah, coming back are going to be sick. That's going to be it's awesome. going to be magical. It's going to be
1: magical. As we were talking with Mike Lear uh, last week, and and he mentioned that the first. Sporting event that comes back is going to be, it's gonna have so many eyeballs and it's gonna be so awesome. Twitter's gonna be ablaze. Uh, I mean, quick PSA here: if you want this year to not be the worst year of sports history and you want sports to come back, why don't you social distance? Why don't you self quarantine a little bit and not go out and spread this thing, uh, so we can have our beloved sports back? Uh, that it really that's what's different, obviously, about this year compared to trying to compare it to any other year and how bad sports can be, is this year 100%, or maybe we'll say 99%, hinges on just the coronavirus being contained and flattening the curve. And if the curve can be flattened and we can get sports, then we're back. If those sports come back and it's all terrible, well, at least we have sports. But uh, you got to have them to have a shot to not be the worst season ever because the worst season ever hypothetically is the year where there's no sports at all
0: and again just another caveat to this whole discussion here is that we are not taking COVID-19 lightly of course as Bigo just said practicing social distancing really important and best wishes out there to anyone dealing with the disease or who's been impacted by it in any way we're not comparing The tragedy overall of COVID 19 to to those years is purely on the sports scale of like what is going on in the sports world. This is a very. 100%. This is a very tunnel vision view into it.
1: It's larger than sports, but this is the New York Sports Podcast. So, you know. That's where uh, our focus is. We got to talk about it. Yeah, definitely.
0: On to a lighter note, let's play a new game. New game for you guys today, Wheel of Bad Athletes. As we mentioned earlier today, we're going to pick a couple of different athletes we have out here. We have a list of about 10 to 12 guys, and we're going to give you six of them as we spin the wheel to tell you if they are adorably bad or hatefully bad. These are guys who are New York sports athletes. You'll know the names. You either remember them for something awful that was just terrible play or something awful that was almost endearing and we're gonna tell you yeah th- we're gonna tell you that
1: there's a big difference between being cute terrible and just oh you I, son of a like it's really, yeah <laughs> I,
0: it's really when you think of this person do you think oh like does your blood pressure raise and you go oh i hate them that's one of the choices or are you like oh, oh man they were <laughs> bad, <laughs> but like you, you yeah. smile about it. You're like, oh, they were cute. It's a clear difference. Like, they were cute, definitely. Yeah. They were adorable. So let's let's get it started here. First one, let's get the wheel spinning. <laughs> First one, Jacoby Ellsbury. Wow, that's uh, I
1: I'll, I'll step in right here, Jackson. This is a clear. He is not cute. Bad. He is, and it's it's tough for Ellsbury because it's all about the injuries, and he had a nice year or two on the Yankees, and then he's just literally, I don't know, he could be on an island in the Bahamas for the last three or four years. Like, who knows? Um, yeah, that's a, he's bad, bad. He's, if you bring up Jacoby Ellsbury to a Yankees fan, and as the Yankees, I'm pretty sure, are currently still literally in a legal battle with him about, if they're going to pay him another, like, $25 million or not. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, not cute, bad. That was, that was a bad time.
0: No, he is absolutely, hatefully bad.
1: Hateful, and you know what's so sad? I, the day that the, that the signing was announced, I think it was seven years, $155 million. I wrote that on a loose leaf piece of paper in my house on the farm when I was in high school and taped it to the front door because my dad's a Red Sox fan. And I was pumped. I was like, look at this Jacoby Ellsbury, seven years, $155 million. And that sign stayed up for like
0: three years and it soured very quickly. <laughs> All right, next one up. Let's spin the wheel. Brett Favre. Wow. Now this is this is a unique one because this is a there's a caveat to this. This is a purely New York sports version of Brett Favre. So purely his time with the Jets. you we're not factoring in Packers time. We're not factoring in Vikings time. This is purely Jets time. And I'll take the lead on this one. I'm going adorably bad. And this is yeah. this is in part because <laughs> when I think about his time with the Jets I honestly think about the first thing that comes to mind is an image of him throwing an interception and then a couple days coming out with a news story about him sending explicit type of images to some people in the Jets uh, organization.
1: Yeah, when I think Brett Favre, I think dick pics. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally, especially New York Giants 2008, Fun fact: He did lead the NFL in interceptions. It was a twenty-two and twenty-two year for Favre, and that's another part of it where it's like, yeah, Brett Favre. Sure, he led the the league in interceptions a couple other times, but it was you know the Jets only went nine and seven, and he had that faux pas off the field. Uh, yeah, pretty funny, cute, terrible year for Brett Favre. There's
0: no way not to find a gunslinger adorable. They, they leave it all on the field, and it leads to usually either heroically awesome feats or, in the exact way, something so, so terrible.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. That's why Jameis is so much fun to watch now. It's why Eli has always been so much fun. I mean, whether it's good or bad, something exciting is going to happen, and, and that's what Brett's all about.
0: Next up, let's get the wheel going. Matt Dodge, punter, New York Giants. Now, for anyone who doesn't remember this name exactly, this is the guy who had a key role in the miracle in the New Meadowlands. So when Deshaun Jackson took that punt return to the barn, it was Matt Dodge's punt who delivered it to him his one year
1: in the NFL, it was his rookie season. Um, I think he, you know, he was okay for the rest of the year, but will never be forgotten. Bitter rivals, you, that, it gives the Eagles the tiebreaker that then gets them in the playoffs and the, the Giants are out, even though they end with identical records. Um, and, yeah, and he got lit up by Coughlin after the game to the media. I mean, it's, it's, this is not a cute one for me. This is a, it's tough too, because it's, it's one of those you make one devastating mistake and you're just blacklisted forever. But the mistake was so egregious. And as a Giants fan, I've taken so much garbage from Philly fans about that for so many years. Like that's Matt Dodge's fault, and I can't forgive him for that. So you know,
0: they, not not a cute one here, Matt. For me, this may be so I'm actually going adorable for this one. Wow. Because I feel bad. <laughs> Like, I do feel this bad guy, for him. I do. This guy yeah. was led the nation in college in punting, and then was actually drafted as a punter. He he got drafted in the seventh round. A lot of times punters are just kind of signed afterwards. They don't. Yeah, you, you really have to don't be see really that. elite to get drafted, like Riley Dixon level elite to get drafted.
1: That's what I'm talking about.
0: And he made one bad play, and was released from the Giants. And that. never signed and again. Never yep. played in the NFL. Never again. played another game. Not yep. once. It's tough. Never again. That's tough. Never. I get.
1: I get. I get. I get saying he's cute because of that. This, I, this I, did I solve a
0: question though. One of the age-old yeah. questions, and one of those age-old questions is: Can looks kill? The answer is they cannot, because if looks could kill, Tom Coughlin would have slain Matt Dodge on the field after he did not pump yeah, that ball on the spot. Tom Coughlin wanted Matt Dodge to pump that ball out of bounds. He did not. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he was trying to. I don't know. Ah, see, that's the thing. You just, you just feel bad. But if looks good kill, he would have been dead then. Old dodgy. Yeah, tough one. Next one tough up. One. Let's get the wheel going. Doo. Next one is Mark Sanchez.
1: Okay, this is a clear (laughs) one for me. What about you? This is
0: a layup cute one. This is just easy money. The butt butt fumble. I mean, that's all. Butt (laughs) fumble! It's just that one play will forever immortalize him in the minds of any sports fan, really, anywhere.
1: If ESPN didn't retire it as the worst of the worst, it would still it, be the worst of the worst today. That would never
0: be topped. That would never have no. been topped. When they used to do that, that would that would have been number one for maybe ever.
1: They had to. It, it was the worst of the worst, like fifty-five weeks in a row. They had to retire it because nothing was ever going to beat it. That
0: will be like the greatest sports blooper in any compilation ever made.
1: It, and and it's it's tough too because he had some decent years, you know, and he got the Jets to the AFC Championship. There was like, a know. moment
0: when saying the Sanchez wasn't something you said, ironically.
1: Yeah, for a second or two, for a, I mean, he did make it to an AFC Championship game, and not not that many Jets quarterbacks can say that. So it's not all terrible. That's another thing that makes him so cute. There were days
0: like, when he beat Tom Brady.
1: Yeah and that I, 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 I think the stat still lives that he has more road playoff win wins than tom brady so you know mark sanchez easy cute terrible player
0: next one up <laughs> k agawa wow this is a this is a throwback throwback name right here i'm not sure a lot of people uh, were ready for this one but this was the Yankees, if you remember correctly, their answer to Dice Game Matsuzaka. The Yankees signed this guy for I believe it was a ten million dollar deal. Yeah, he got he got some cash. He definitely got some cheddar out of it, but he didn't get much returns out of it.
1: Yeah, two thousand seven to two thousand eleven. So five years, four million a year, that's twenty million dollars.
0: And in 2007 he was 2 and 3 with a 6.25 ERA and then in 2008 he was 0 and 1 and his ERA was 13.5 now mind you that was just i i just like saying it cuz it's so absurd but he only he yeah. only appeared in two games that year and only started one of them the the first year is a better indication of that ERA with the 6.25 he he just gave up six right. runs to start in a and then and then
1: like I said got 4 million dollars 2009 2010 2011 so another 12 million uh never touched the field after that. And and as you mentioned when you brought up K earlier, he was the Yankees answer to Dice-K. And Dice-K did have a like one or two years where it was like Dice-K and then he basically faded out too. So at the time it felt way worse. I'm going to go cute bad with K cuz it's like, you know, he tried the Yankees the Yankees tried to get that That magic that to combat Dice K in the division, it didn't work. You know he got hit around. Uh, It's not too bad. I don't. I don't have any any uh, harsh feelings in my heart for K.
0: I also will go adorable in this one. It's it's more adorable indifference in this sense because it's just like I agree. Ah, you know he was he was pretty bad, but it's not like the Yankees were brutal in 07. And he was right. the reason. That's just not what it was. So, yeah. I don't have some massive hate towards him. So, it's yeah, not he's no, that bad. No
1: Carl Pavano, I'll tell you that much.
0: Next one up. <laughs> Andrea Bargiani. Wow. He... I'll go first on this one because I, I have yeah, something go for to it. say. I... <laughs> Hated him with an absolute burning passion. Now, I know part of his issue was injuries, and for anyone wondering, his New York relation, if you forget it here, he was on the Knicks from 2013 to 2015 and then on the Nets for a season from 2015 to 16. But I hated him because the New York Knicks in July of 2013 trade. Four Bargiani from the Raptors For Steve Novak Marcus Camby And Quentin Richardson Along with a future first round draft pick And two future second round draft picks All time bad That's an all time bad deal What? Steve Novak was an absolute sniper And a beloved fan favorite fan Fan favorite And Sneaky was on the final four team With Dwayne Wade at Marquette Sneaky yeah, you forgot Steve about that. Steve Novak, I loved him. And the candy man was fun too. But the big key here is a first-round draft pick for Andrea Bargnani, who went down with a torn ligament in his left elbow after he failed a dunk attempt <laughs> and then missed the re- rest of the regular season in 2013-14. So you traded for that guy. He then missed most of the next season with a lot of injuries too. Right. He
1: was- Played 71 total games with the Knicks.
0: So the Knicks got 71 total games out of an aggressively mediocre player and gave up Steve Novak, Marcus Camby, and then a first-round draft. That's like a prized possession in the NBA, first-round draft pick.
1: Especially when it's coming from the Knicks, who, you know, I know they weren't terrible those years, but in general,
0: it's going to be a pretty high pick. (laughs) Like 2013-14, they were coming off of a, a pretty stellar season. Yeah, they like were. Like, the Knicks were very much so relevant in those previous years. And then, all of a sudden, they trade for Bargiani in a, in an attempt to really stay somewhat relevant. They thought Bargiani could be some answer, and that was that was a part of the Phil Jackson era, which, if he were on this list, he's not an athlete, so he isn't. But if he were, he would be on the hate list, because he Yeah, he's not...
1: nothing cute about he Phil. He may
0: be the spawn of demons. That's entirely possible. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to what he did for New York sports in that time frame. I'll just throw that out there. But he is not, so alas Bargiani gets on the hate list. He's the last of our six. That's the first time our new game Wheel of Bad Athletes. Won't be the last time. We'll bring it back. Yeah, we'll
1: co- we'll we'll throw that in the
0: mix. Uh, that'll that'll s- recycle its way back into the future. As we'll next up as we continue on our bracket of what you need to sit down and watch while you're quarantined. Now time to resume with your sanity bracket, which is what movies you need to watch while you are trying to avoid harming family members or friends or any in general loved ones who are you're stuck social distancing with. Biko, let's kick it off.
1: Yeah, you know, no, uh, we don't want any attacks in the house right now, so that's why no, of course not. That's why we create this bracket for you, to, to give everyone something to talk about besides how much they want to beat each
0: other up. We got 64 teams broken down into four regions, baseball, basketball, football, and then one general sports one. We have all the matchups going on on our Twitter, at State of Sports NY, where you can go ahead and vote going forward. Pico, where do we stand right now? Let's start off in basketball. The entire basketball region
1: is the only region closed so far. So these are final results you are getting. This is like back in the day when you had to call a phone number to get your results uh, of what happened in sports the night before. So we've got Space Jam absolutely blew out full-court miracle. No surprise there. Coach Carter edged out Glory Road, uh, an 8-over-9 seed. Space Jam, of course, was our number-one overall seed. Uh A real interesting one, probably the best matchup on this side of the bracket. Like Mike, edged out number 12 seed Airbud. like Mike, a 5, with uh, just about a 10% margin of victory. We got Love and Basketball, number 4, took down number 13 rebound, and uh, an absolutely dominating performance from an 11 seed semi-pro over a number 6 seed Blue Chips. Uh, No surprise there. I saw semi-pro coming out strong. What
0: a juggernaut.
1: Yeah, the, talk about an 11 seed you don't want in the first round, or any round for that matter. That's semi-pro right there. We got 14 seed Luck of the Irish with uh, a commanding win over number three seed He Got Game, number another big upset there. Number seven seed Hoosiers with the landslide, 100% over number 10 above the rim. Uh, and to wrap it all up, number two seed White Man Can't Jump with a nice solid win over number 15, Double teamed.
0: And on to the baseball region. Number one seed, Field of the Dreams. Easy domination over 16 Fever Pitch. No, doubt. no Red Sox fans given a pity party no. there. As for the 8 9 matchup, a league of their own with a surprisingly dominant performance over 61 as the 9 seed. 5-seed, 12-seed matchup, which historically has been a troublesome matchup for five seeds out there in the real tournament. It has. Not so much in this instance in our matchup. The Sandlot absolutely giving the work to hardball. As for our 4-13 matchup, 4-seed, Bull Durham, big down big to Moneyball, the 13-seed at the moment. 6-11 matchup, the rookie commanding lead over the love of the game. Number three seed in the region, Major League, which is a sleeper for many people in this region, as we've talked to. Up big over Angels in the outfield, the 14 seed. And in the 7-10 matchup, which also is another coin flip type of game, big lead for 42 over the 10 seed, the Natural, which could shock a couple out there. I mean, the Natural is a, known as a classic, one of the iconic scenes where the home run hits and the sparks fly. Amazing. Everywhere. Roy Hobbs, Andrea, baby. Really is a pretty great scene and pretty one of the more well-known scenes in sports movies. But 42 currently pulling the wagon there. As for the two seed to round up the region, Bad News Bears dominating over 15 seed Rookie of the Year.
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing I think we see clearly, especially in the baseball region, is is the generation gap. As we're young whippersnappers ourselves and our following on Twitter is uh, similar in that respect. Bull Durham and The Natural, I think, are both very much suffering from that. We move on ne- to uh, football. We've got an absolute domination from Rudy off the bat, taking out the number 16 seed, the replacements. So there's going to be no no matchup there. You don't even have to bother voting. You've got 8 seed, 9 seed. Now this, another one up there, might be one of the best matchups in the whole bracket. The Longest Yard and Friday Night Lights currently tied. At 50% apiece. That's
0: tasty. We got a barn burner. Bring your popcorn. Bring your popcorn.
1: Number five seed Jerry Maguire handling number 12 Little Giants. Show me the money. We'll move on probably. It looks like there's not going to be much of competition there. Number four seed We Are Marshall handling number 13 seed Any Given Sunday. Uh, we've got six seed The Express is down pretty big to the number 11 seed Waterboy. Tough for us Cuse fans out there, but uh, it's also hard to go against Adam Sandler uh, just out there joshing around for, you know, an hour and a half.
0: Bobby Boucher out here, single-handedly taking down an Ernie Davis statue, which is a challenge. I would probably go the Express there. Um, Number three seed, Blindside, that's a
1: wagon right there. The game plan, number 14 seed, never had a chance. Number seven seed, Invincible, dominating number 10, Varsity Blues as well. And then to wrap up football, it's another landslide. Remember the Titans, not one vote against it. Necessary roughness never stood a chance.
0: On to our general region where we got every other sport other than football, basketball, and baseball. Top seed, Rocky, dominating. Over 16 seed, breaking away. And the 8-9 matchup, 8-seeded Seabiscuit just getting absolutely... Kicked in the face by the Karate Kid. Trounced ninety percent of the vote going to the yeah. Karate Kid. They're Spleen just... punch. <laughs> that that's illegal. That's illegal. What Karate Kid is doing? They <laughs> they should get the boot from the tournament. That's that's unethical. As for our five twelve matchup, which is such a barn burner historically, Dodgeball and Talladega Knights currently tied. Hmm? Uh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a close one. That's a tough that's one. That's a oh. tough
1: one on my heart too. Like it's two amazing movies, some of my favorites of all time. That's Tony tough. Romo
0: might have an aneurysm breaking down that matchup. Uh, I don't know. As Tim. for the as for the four thirteen matchup, Happy Gilmore with the big lead over kicking and screaming. That's a tough contest for me personally, and another tight one up in this bracket. This bracket is easily our tightest matchups. We have the six seed. Million Dollar Baby currently tied with the 11 seed, the Mighty Ducks. As for our 3 14 matchup, Caddyshack dominating over the fighter. 7 10, Slapshot, the 10 seed with a slight upset currently at the moment over Raging Bull. And Miracle on Ice, our 2 seed, currently dominating 15 seeded Creed. That wraps up what we got for the Regions right now. Minder, you, you can still go vote at State of Sports NY. You can follow. Also on Twitter there as well. You can check out all of our votes for the podcast there. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jackson And if
1: you want, you could even follow me on Twitter, at Suave. If you want, if you want. Only
0: if you want, we're not about pressure here. It's all about you wanting to. We want you to do it because you want to.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe there's some good stuff on there once in a while. Uh, you take 20 swings in
0: a day, eventually you got to hit one. Hey, you know, Babe Ruth never hit 400. It's true. In a season. That's you know, true. In a season. You know, he never hit 400. So I mean, we, we hit, we hit on a couple of the tweets. You might like a couple of them. You know, and if you don't, if you don't unfollow, you know. And well, and then maybe refollow. And I'm certainly not saying
1: I'm the Babe Ruth of Twitter. I, maybe I'm like the Milton Bradley of Twitter or something. You know, like uh, I'm decent. I maybe I'm in the pros. That's that. I don't have my blue check mark. I'm working
0: there. But if you do feel inclined, please give us the re- Babe Ruth Reviews on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. It'd be greatly appreciated. Give us five stars, or if you give us four stars, I will probably think that you hate I'll us. I'll
1: take four, but I'm not going to be very
0: happy about it. Uh, you know, Bigo, I won't take four. I will, I will be aggressively upset. The candy is called Take Five, and that is the only review I will be accepting. Yeah, five star or don't review at all. That is what we stand for. We will see you guys next week as we continue to navigate through the sportsless world by bringing you some element of sports.
1: Yeah, there'll be there'll be stuff happening. I'll tell you what. Whatever's happening, we'll talk about it. If we have another uh, story about you know an NBA star saving another from a banana boat emergency, it'll be on the pod.
0: Or another NBA star showing his banana on Instagram. We'll we'll cover it because it happened last we'll week. <laughs> Not in New York. It wasn't in New York. So anyway. wasn't in New York. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't in New York. But if it's there, we're on it. That'll do it for this week. Talk to you next time. See you later.